Hi, everybody, and welcome to Join Our Christian Lifestyle, the podcast where we celebrate diversity within the body of Christ. I'm your host, Shane Fritz, and I'm joined tonight uh, by a friend of mine and uh, and really just a, a huge mentor, um, Pastor Gary Schaefer. Um, let me say hello, Pastor Gary. Hello. Good to meet everybody. Uh, even though I don't see you, I thank God that you're out there, and I pray that you're ready to receive from the Lord. Amen, amen. Listen, Pastor Gary, I just I know that uh, that you have a message to share with us tonight. I'm so excited to uh, to have you on here and uh, and just uh, tap into this this well that you have. So we're just going to let you share. Amen. Well, tonight I, I've chosen a subject that I think is so pertinent in the world that we live in today, and uh, it speaks a lot about our identity, our our authority, and our mission that God has called us on. Uh, we live in a world right now, and you, almost every week, if you turn the news on, you hear people saying that their identity was stolen. Uh, what I'm going to talk about tonight is not talking about credit cards and bank accounts and things like that, but we live in a day and an hour when there's a lack of identity. People don't know who they are. They don't know what their calling is. They don't know what the future holds, but I am... I believe the message tonight, if you're struggling with identity in your life, I believe the message I bring to you tonight is going to be a big lift to you. It's uh, found in the Old Testament in the book of Exodus, uh, and it's a story of Moses. Uh, Moses was born in Egypt when the children of Israel were uh, in Egypt and became uh, bond servants and slaves to the people in Egypt. And uh, he was born there, and at that time, the Pharaoh was having all the babies killed that were not of the Egyptian nationality, and Moses' mother put him in a basket and put him in the river, and the, the king's, Pharaoh's daughter, found this baby and raised him, and the amazing part is he became part of the Egyptian culture to learn the culture, but yet, as he grew as a young boy, he knew that... Uh, God had a call upon his life to deliver the people of Israel out of the bondage of Egypt. And so uh, as he became a, a young man, uh, one day he was uh, out in the fields and he saw an Egyptian beating on a Israelite and he became angry and he slew the Egyptian and buried his body and uh, hoping that no one would know, but it was found out and he had to flee for his life and he went on the backside of a desert in another area and was keeping sheep for his father-in-law and he had been there 40 years now it's hard to fathom that after all those years that there was still a call of God on his life but one day while keeping his father-in-law's sheep if you look in Exodus chapter 3 as he was taking the sheep along a hillside he saw a bush, a, the Bible calls it a burning bush. Now in that day, it was not a rare thing because of the heat of the day to see a bush catch on fire because it was dry and it ignited the bush, but something was different about this bush. The, the fire didn't consume it. And there's a couple points here to make. When Moses saw it, he didn't just take it for granted. It was just another bush, but he saw that the bush wasn't being consumed, and he thought, this is strange. And the Bible says he came aside. He 
kind of, if you were driving a car, you would have pulled off the road to check what you were looking at. Right. He pulled over and he walked over near where the bush was and out of the bush came the voice of God that, that began to speak to Moses. And he told Moses, said, Moses, take your shoes off. You're standing on holy ground. I don't know about you, but I can only imagine what Moses began to feel in his emotions like, whoa, yeah. you know, he could have been there for 40 years. I don't know what kind of a relationship during those 40 years he had with God. But all of a sudden on this day, God showed up and God pulled him aside and uh, God began to reiterate to him, Moses, I have a call in your life and that call is to deliver your people, your nation of Israel out of the bondage of Egypt. And he began to explain to Moses what he wanted him to do. And, of course, Moses probably wasn't any different than you and I. And Moses, after knowing what he did and wondering what was going to happen to him when he went back to Egypt, if he was still going to be a fugitive, if they would capture him and, and kill him because of what he did. But he said to God through the voice there, he said, God, who should I say sent me? And the Lord said to him, tell them that I am sends you. Mm. And if you know anything about the Bible, several, several times in there, God is referred to as the great I am. Well, it was back, uh, I'm going to bring it up to date here a little with you. It was back in 2015, we were being released from our ministry here in Littlestown at Bethel Assembly. And there was a couple we were friends with, and we always sit in dialogue, talked about scripture, and we were talking about this very scripture and about the I am. And as we looked at it, we took each letter, the I, the A, and the M, and all of a sudden, it, it just popped. The I stands for identity. Uh, in this world, again, I would say a lot of people, I, I have people coming to me as a pastor, and they say, Pastor, I really don't know who I am other than I call myself a Christian mm. and, and I don't know what the future holds for me. And usually in a time like that, these are people that have a, everybody. I, I believe every born again Christian has a call of God on their life to some area, some type of ministry. It may not be standing in a pulpit or traveling and ministering, anything like that, but I believe each one of us have a calling and the identity is so important for us to be able to fulfill our calling in Christ. Your identity, my identity is found in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. In uh, the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, I'm going to move to the New Testament now, verses 19 and 20, Paul wrote these words to the church at Corinth. He said, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. If you notice there, Paul said that our body is not our own. Our life, when we give it to Christ, we're surrendering our will for his will in our life. And then in 2 Corinthians 5:17, Paul said this again. He said, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. And behold, all things have become new. Uh, I probably could take a couple hours tonight talking about my journey with the Lord and my identity in Christ. But back in 2015, I was going through a transition of, uh, out of uh, the ministry that I presently had there to church of being, uh, first of all, the pastor of prayer and care where I did 
that plus I oversaw, uh, I think, eight other ministries in the church. Wow. And now when I transitioned out of that, God had given my wife and I a new ministry. In fact, it was during the transition that the title of our ministry, Above and Beyond Ministries, was birthed. And, and when you're in a time of transition, you become very vulnerable to things of the enemy. If he can catch you between who you were and what you're about to become, he will try and put doubt in your mind of what you, whether you're able or not. And this was an issue that Moses had. He thought, man, I tried once to deliver these people. How am I going to do it again? And, and th th his identity, that's where his identity was reestablished with the Lord there by that burning bush on that mountain that he now became God's deliverer, God's servant to go back and help his people. And, and it's important that you and I have that kind of a close relationship with the Lord where we find out who we really are in Christ. And when we do, that's when everything else begins to unfold in our life. One of the scriptures that Paul wrote that is very dear to me is found in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. And these were the words, probably one of the greatest apostles was the apostle Paul. But even in the midst of that, he made this statement. He said that I might know him, speaking of Christ, and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed even unto his death, the death of Christ. And, and Paul, Paul knew who he was. Paul was willing to suffer. Paul was willing to go through hardship in his life for the sake of the gospel because of his love for the Lord. But let's look at the A. Now, we looked at the I. Let's look at the A. The A represents authority. God possesses all authority. That's one thing we need to get in our hearts right away. There's no power greater than the power of our God. That's right. And uh, nothing, no one compares to him, whether in heaven or in earth. I love what it says in Matthew 28, 18 to 20. And it says here, and Jesus came and spoke to his disciples saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And here again, he's giving them a command. He's getting ready to, be a, to ascend into heaven, and he's giving them this command in verse 19. He said, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. And that statement, that last part there, I am with you always, wherever God sends you, whatever the call of God is on your life, he not only gives you a call, but he equips you and he goes with you. God didn't send Moses down to Egypt and not be there with him. If you read the account of what happened when Moses went back to Egypt and, and all the things that Moses performed when God spoke to him to do it, uh, it's, it's amazing to read that. But I wrote down here something that I think you all, if you all are listening and you got a pen and pencil, write this down. Power without authority leads to anarchy. There needs to be a higher power that has control in our life. Growing up as a child, you had your father and your mother as your authority figure in your life that you looked up to, that you gleaned off of. And we need to understand authority. Uh, when God places his, uh, his identity on your life 
And he, then he, as he gives you your identity, he also gives you the authority. He gives you the power. He gives you the wisdom to carry out the mission that he's calling you to do. I can tell you, if I didn't know who I was in Christ and the authority I carried, I couldn't go and minister like I do today in the churches and in the places that God sends and my wife and my wife and I too. And we've seen God do extraordinary things. And that's because we've learned to submit our will to him, that his will might be done. And then as we do, when you're in submission to God, then we can understand and walk in the type of authority that God would desire us to. But I've seen people overstep their bounds, step out of alignment with the authority God has given them and try to do something that God didn't call them to do. And it's a dangerous place to be. So I, I just add that there for you. Also, I want to give you another scripture in Luke chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. I Again, I want to show you here where Christ himself imparted authority into his disciples in verse one he said then he called his 12 disciples together and he gave them a th power and authority over all demons and to cure all diseases he sent them to preach the kingdom of god and to heal the sick if you notice there it says power and authority mm. uh, one of the things that i think for me personally i look at authority to be forerunner of, a, of power. Uh, again, I go back to what I said earlier, power without authority leads to anarchy. Mm. I often use the example, my grandson's a police officer over near York, Pennsylvania, and he has a, a place, a district that he has authority in that district. If he steps outside of the, the boundaries where he was called to serve, he he has no authority unless the ruling authority in that region gives him authority as a police officer to do the work there. And that's what God has done. When God gives us authority, then he gives us power to perform the work. And, and that's where that comes in there in that area. And this third thing here, the I is identity, the A is authority, and the M represents our mission, what our call was. Moses' call was to deliver a nation of, well, we're not even sure the number. Some say a million, some say two million wow. that may have lived in Egypt in that day that were Israelites. And that total nation of Israel was in enslavement to the people of Egypt. And God wanted to give them, and this is the wonderful part, one, God wanted to give them their own country. That's what being delivered was. He, he had a promised land that he told Moses. He had a land prepared for them and, and things. And so that's what Moses' mission was, to go there and to deliver the people out of that bondage. Every one of you, I, I want to reiterate it, every one of you that know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior have some type of calling or destiny upon your life that Christ has birthed you for, has placed you for. And I would encourage you, if you're not sure what it is, take time, seek God, pray, and say, Lord, what is it? Uh, some of you may know. And then again, there may be some of you that know what it is and you're running from it. <laughs> and that's not a good thing to do. You're never going to be happy or content until you step up and say, God, I surrender my will to your will and to your mm. purposes for my life. 
I, I love what it says in Jeremiah 29, 11, a very familiar scripture, and it's the word of God. He said, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. And I believe with all of my heart right now in this hour, God is speaking to his church. And to, if you're part of a church, God's speaking to you right now. And he wants to say to you that I have a future for you. I have a hope for you. And I am there for you to help you fulfill that purpose and plan that I have for your life. So think about that for a little bit. Pray about it. And uh, maybe some of you are in the middle of your transition season like I was. Uh, when you're going through that, that ground where you've kind of left go of what was in your life and you're not sure what the future holds, spend your time seeking God. Spend your time waiting on the Lord. And, and I can tell you now that I'm on the other side of what I was going through eight years ago, I would have not dreamed that I would be where I am doing what I am for the Lord. And the power and the presence of God, the peace that I have, the closeness that I have with the Lord, and maybe in a future time, uh, I'll get together with Pastor Shane and talk about how to hear God, how to respond to the voice mm. of God and things like that. That's a, another lesson for another day. But I, I encourage you, uh, take time to find your place in the Lord. Find your identity. If, if that's where you are tonight and you're just not sure, it could be uh, you're called to be a teacher. It may not be a preacher. It may not be a, an apostle or a prophet or an evangelist. It may be serving in your church. It may be a, a compassion ministry, caring for someone that needs care, being a, a, a giver. Uh, I know people that's got a gift of giving. I mean, they would give you the shirt off of their back if it was the last slice of bread they have. I believe with all of my heart they're that kind of person that would sacrifice for themselves to give to somebody else. But find your place. Become a part of, of a church, a, a living church that's operating, that's moving in the, the authority and in the power of God where you see the Holy Spirit moving and begin to move there. And, and th that's the command. You know, I, I thank God for the church, but the church is really, uh, it's the area where we come to get equipped mm. to do what God has called us to do. You know, in a, in a roundabout way, Moses' journey on the backside of that desert, that last few days or weeks that he was there was, was a time where God was equipping him to take that journey back to Egypt, and, and it's quite a, quite a story of what took place there, uh, the uh, miracles that God performed. Uh, you know, uh, every time Moses performed a miracle, the Egyptian magicians did uh, likewise to counter it, but then it got to the place where they couldn't counter. Right. God said enough was enough, and uh, the last time that uh, <clears throat> Moses did a miracle... Pharaoh said, "Get take your people and leave and things. And uh, it's amazing, the journey. And, and I, I'm telling you, if, if God, I would pray, I would pray that God would give you each a glimpse, just a little blip of what awaits you in the future as you surrender to him, as you give your life to him, and see what God has in store and go after it with all of your heart. Uh, it's time to put aside half-hearted service to the Lord. It's time 
to give him your everything. And I often say, if you want all that God has for you, then give your, all of you to him to work with so he can perform his wonderful works and his miracles in your life. And that's what God did. And that's what happened. If you go back and read the New Testament, if you read in the book of Acts, when the, the church itself was birthed, in the book of Acts, to start in Acts chapter 1, chapter 2, uh, you know, in chapter 1, it, it speaks about the Holy Spirit coming. Then in the beginning of chapter 2, the Holy Spirit came, and the Lord told them before they were to go out to ministry, he said, "As I'm getting ready to leave. We'll go into Jerusalem and wait in the upper room until you're endued with the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And so they waited. Uh, they were there for several days, and the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, and said it was on the day of Pentecost, and suddenly there was a sound of a rushing mighty wind that come into the room where they were sitting. There was 120, they say, in that upper room. And it said literally it was like tongues of fire fell upon each one of them, and they all began to speak in another tongue, another language. And it was at that point the church as we know the church today, well, I, I don't know if I would say the church today was like it was back then. The church <laughs> has kind of taken a, a, a back road to where God wants it to be. A lot of churches have. But I believe the call of God's going out right now to call the church back to its true destiny. Amen. And he gave a call to them. And, and it says the power of God came. And then as they, they began to come down from that upper room, that was the day that Peter began to preach, and uh, the people were amazed. They said, we don't understand. We hear people speaking in our own language, and these people that are speaking it are unlearned. They're, they, they don't even know this language, but they're speaking our language, and I have to believe that what they were hearing in their language was God himself through that the tongues of the Holy Spirit speaking to them about salvation in Jesus Christ, because what happened Short, a few moments later was that Peter began to preach, and it says that 3,000 people were saved that first day as the church was birthed. And then if you only go a little bit further, maybe a couple chapters, 5,000 people were saved at one time. Hmm. And that was the birthing of the church. And if you read through the whole book of Acts, that literally those individuals that were in that upper room reached the known world in that day with the gospel because they received not only their identity, but they received authority and power to do what God called them to do. And I want to conclude today by reading to you out of the book of Mark, chapter 16. I believe it's the call that is upon not only, uh, I used to think this was just for the pastors in the church that had a pastoral call, but I really believe with all of my heart, I believe every one of you can walk in the same authority and power that the Lord is talking about and, and Jesus said to them here in Mark 16, beginning at verse 15, And he said unto them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs, here it is, listen to this, And these signs shall follow them who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will no, by no means harm them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Now, we could get into a little discussion here in some of these because uh, some of you have probably heard of different places in our country where churches take up serpents. They take up snakes <laughs> and 
I had the privilege, I guess you could call it a privilege, to meet the pastor of one of those churches in West Virginia several years ago. And he had been bitten so many times by rattlesnakes that they took up that he literally had arthritis through his whole body and walked bent over. But what God is speaking about there, it's not going out here and looking to take up a, a venomous snake. What he was saying, if you'll read the accounts of Paul, in the book of Acts, Paul was picking up a pile of wood and a venomous snake bit him. He didn't know it was in there. Now, if he would have picked that wood up and knew the snake was there, it may have been a whole different outcome. But because he did it unknowingly, that snake bite had no effect on him. It talks here also, if you drink any deadly thing. Now, listen, that doesn't mean you go out here and get poison and drink it and God's going to keep you from it. That's being... That, that, that's tempting God, and you don't want to do that. But if by chance you were somewhere and you got a, a, a glass of water, a glass of soda or something that was, uh, had poison or something in it, and you didn't know it was in there, I really believe with all of my heart that God would protect you from that. But what is written here, what Jesus said here, I believe we all have the ability to walk in this realm of the power of the Holy Spirit to serve God and to fulfill his will and his purpose for each one of our lives. So as I finish here, I say, find your identity, your true identity in Christ. Then let him impart into you. Once you find your, your, your authority comes from your identity, and then through your authority, you will be able to fulfill your mission in Jesus Christ. Wow. That's so good. We're, I'm not going to be able to read I Am the same way again, Pastor Gary. <laughs> it woke me up. Uh, I read it many times before that. And, you know, we glaze over things and we think, well, that was God speaking. That's who he is. But who he is now, he, he has called us uh, to be followers of him, to be, uh, and I say this in a reverent way, to be imitators mm. of who he is, to carry his heart, to carry his character and uh, integrity as we walk our path on this earth. And I believe if we will, uh, I can tell you, people will see the true character and the heart of God in you, and people will seek you out. People that knew who you used to be and realize that they will come to you and say, what has happened to you? You're, you're not the same person. And that opens the door right there for you to begin to share the gospel with them and how God can change the life. Amen. Amen. Yeah, it's, there's nothing complicated about the gospel. No. It, it's we, good news. It is. We make it hard, That's, and it doesn't have to be that way. We just, uh, again, I, I think one of the things that we're seeing happening now, uh, these young people that are experiencing the move of God right now, they come hungry, and they come thirsty, and they come before the Lord, and they come with a humble heart. Mm. The Bible says, humble yourself in the... Uh, before the Lord and he will lift you up into those heavenly places he will lift you above what your your life is being weighed under right now he wants to break that burden of heaviness just like he broke the burden of slavery off of the people of Israel when they were in Egypt he used Moses to break them free of that slavery and he wants to use each one of you to break people free from the bondages of this world and this life that we're living in amen amen well thank you pastor Gary for sharing I just, I appreciate it. I know this blessed people, finding your identity, walking in your authority, and accepting your mission. 
Amen. I am. May I have the privilege of praying? Absolutely. Amen. Well, Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight. God, I thank you, first of all, that you're no respecter of persons, that God, you would, uh, when you sent your son, Jesus Christ, into this world, he came that the whole world could be saved, that there's enough power in Jesus Christ. There's enough power in the name of Jesus to save every living soul in this world. But Lord, when you created man, you gave man a free will and free choice. And Father, I pray for those that are listening to this podcast. I pray, God, that they would understand, Father God, that your love is an unconditional, overwhelming love that you love for them. Love them, Father God. You have a desire to minister to them that you do, Father, have a call upon each of their lives. And Father, as I often say, their, their greatest days, Lord God, regardless of their age, is not behind them, but their greatest days are yet ahead. And Father, I pray that even right now that you would reach down deep into each heart of each hearer tonight. And Father God, stir the fire. The Lord, to stir up a fresh fire of your Holy Spirit. Stir up a hunger and a thirst for more of you, to know you, truly to know you, not just to know about you, not just to read the Bible and say, oh, that was a good story, but have a divine personal relationship with the great I am, the one who was and is and is to come. Father, we thank you tonight. Bless these individuals, I pray. Bless their home, their family, Father God, and may you use them in a mighty way to win the loss, to deliver those that are sick and in bondage in the days ahead, I pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor Gary.